0: Well, before we get into our A-League men's season preview, time to put the spotlight on the Socceroos because the national team are back in action in the small hours of tomorrow, battling for the soccer ashes against New Zealand at the G-Tech Community Stadium in London on the back, of course, of that narrow loss to England at Wembley on Saturday. Joining us from the English capital is the Socceroos head coach, Graham Arnold, who's now got his voice back. Morning to you, Artie.
1: Morning, Simon, Broski, how are you? Very good, good.
0: very good. And you sound a lot better than you did the other day. Uh, (laughs) Before we look at tomorrow's game, uh, tomorrow our time, of course, a word on the performance against England. Is it fair to say that while you were frustrated with the result, there was a lot to like about the performance?
1: Yeah, look, I um, I thought the boys played really well, mate. It's um, it's just quite hurtful when... uh, you know, you're doing these things we did it against Argentina and that's why I said to the boys after the game you know this can't become a theme that uh you know you you play well against Mexico ranked 13 or 12 in the world and you're up 2-0 and and 2-2 two, two, and then against even against Argentina and China and Ecuador and <clears throat> we're not capitalizing on our uh on the good parts of our game and and getting punished for silly mistakes and uh you know but uh look I haven't really looked at it, Simon, yet as, uh, you know, looking back at Wembley and looking back at that experience of just looking at it as a game and a result and how to improve and uh, move forward from there.
2: And Arnie, structurally, uh, I mean, what we saw was great from the boys. And you spoke, you know, heading into the World Cup, how important the structure is, the tactical discipline, you know, for this side. And you pick players accordingly. Um, Look, they've carried that on in the matches since. So, you know, it seemed... But rather than sit back and only wait for counter attacks, that you know, was the game plan against England more to to press high when you could to try and exploit their defence?
1: Yeah, Broski, it's uh, look. You've got to be honest, and uh, <clears throat> against these bigger nations, and if you look at the, you know the famal, uh, the four main pillars in in football, the, the technical side, we're probably not the best, and and we, we you now we do have trouble competing with the best technically um tactically okay everyone has an opinion But physically we need beasts we need guys who are going to run and fight and can you know high speed to be able to keep compete with that and then but for me the biggest thing is the mental aspect of the game and the mindset and uh you know as i said it's uh it's all about getting in the face of the opposition you know england you know they, they really rewarded us uh publicly very well in the way we played against them uh the type of opposition we were because a lot of teams come to Wembley and just sit back and sit in a block, park the bus and and not really put any pressure on them. Um, all the data that the, uh, English FA have showed that we were the second highest (laughs) at Wembley ever, um, with our, you know, with the, with our physical uh, aspect of our game, uh, in, in all the years that Wembley's been there. So it's, you know, it was obviously a great, uh, work ethic from the boys, but, uh, you know, as I said, Broski, something that um, I do believe that uh, if, there's, if you've got to take away the strengths of the opposition and, and when you're playing against a top opposition, that's uh, take away the tech, technical side of it.
0: Arnie, you talk about converting those good performances in, into results. Uh, goal scoring is obviously one thing that's a bit of a problem. The last six matches, you've scored seven yeah. goals. One of those a penalty, one a known goal are you still searching for that next Timmy Kale or is it a collective responsibility? Is there one on the horizon? You gave Motore his debut off the bench. Could he potentially be, you know, that guy to step up and go, I'm going to take that responsibility on and score the goals that we need.
1: Not if you can find me the next Timmy Kale, please do. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'll do my best. uh, Yeah. Yeah. But look, uh, it's, it has to be now we don't have that individual. It has to be collectively. And, uh, you know, we work, um, even though I've got limited time, we work hard on the attacking patterns and getting men in the box. What I was pleased about on the week uh, against England, if you look back at the game, is the amount of players we get in the box to score goals. And it was sometimes the ball just didn't bounce for us. It bounced maybe to the wrong player, you know, and, and we put in a co-roles a, a couple of chances he had. Um and 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 obviously Ryan Strain's chance. but uh, at the end of the day, as I said, it's a, it's got to be a collective effort because we don't have that one individual that uh, you can say, okay, it's going to score us those goals.
2: and And building depth and evolving this squad is another area that that you've really focused on. and and over the years as well, we've seen you bring in a lot of uh, a lot of new faces, which you've mentioned as well is giving you some selection headaches, which is a good thing. We saw debuts to Moture and, and Lewis Miller against England. Are we likely to see some big changes for the match tomorrow then?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, Broski, you'll you'll see 50% change. Um, You know, and I'm not saying this in a negative way, but uh, I've been developing players for four and a half, five years while trying to win games and qualify for World Cups. And that's why I did the Olympic team, because... uh, you know the older group of players that I took over, but I, I truly believe in in Australian youth, and I do think international football, with the amount of football that's being played these days, is is getting <clears throat> younger and younger as well, um, with all the travel. So, you know the kids are the kids are coming, mate. They, they really are. I was uh, really really happy with Ryan Strange's performance. Uh, Keanu Backus is growing and growing, and Connor Metcalf. Every, every every game and uh, they, they're believing strongly in themselves that they belong in the you know in, on the same stage as all these top players so that's, that's a big mental aspect of it but uh, you know, we as I, as I said I've got to test some kids as you said moture came on give him a chance most important thing is you know to meet him as a person and, and see how fi- how he fits in the culture of the group here and uh, obviously uh, in camp and he's fit in very well. So, you know, as I said, it's uh, it's not great fun doing it at the, you know, having to win games and develop players at the same time. But uh, it's something I have to do.
0: I Just wanted to throw a question here without notice from one of our uh, listeners, Arnie from Sam McClarty via Twitter or X, whatever it's called these days, uh, wants to know what, what the latest is with Christian Volpato. Can you bring us up to date?
1: Any any developments? I met him, uh, flew over to Italy. uh, I've been away now for 15, 16 weeks, visiting players and clubs and and that. And I met Christian uh, face-to-face. I went to watch Juventus Sassuolo and uh, he's a fantastic kid. Uh, All I'll say is I had a great conversation with him and, um, you know, I think you'll hear some news further down the track.
0: Good stuff. Um, Let's move on and talk about the soccer ashes. Now, I know you're big on the history of the game uh, you wrote some pages of those history books yourselves, both as a player and as a coach. Um, how important is it that we're playing for this trophy again after 60 odd years and that link with the, the dark and distant past that is so often missed in the mainstream narrative here in Australia?
1: Oh mate, it's uh, you know, I showed the boys the, the small video of it yesterday and mm. how the ashes disappeared for 70 years and, you know, we showed them the history of the, um, the the rivalry between New Zealand and Australia and how it started 100 years ago. And, you know, it's quite inspiring. So, you know, it's it's the same for me, Simon, um, all the time. It's no such thing as a friendlies. I've never thought of that way. They're fixtures. And, you know, this is obviously like a, a local derby for us. You know, Australia versus New Zealand will go out and uh, win this game tonight.
2: Looking at the All-Whites then, I mean, obviously the game will be just as big from their point of view. Darren Baisley, he's changed the way that they set up uh, their style of play as well. You, you said that you're you're expecting uh, or you know what to expect from them, but what are you expecting uh, from the from the All-Whites
1: tomorrow? Mate, they, uh, they have changed their style completely. You know, they were playing 3-4-3 under Denny Hay and now they're playing a 4-3-3 um, with Chris, Chris Wood. You know, English Premier League player is number nine, so we've got to make sure we physically match that. Uh, you know, they, they move the ball around. They like to try and get the ball in behind your defence. Uh, they've got a couple of wingers with a bit of speed, so we've just got to make sure that we're organised and <clears throat> we're ready for that. But the most important thing, again, is on the front foot and uh, in their faces right from the start and and uh, putting pressure on their, their centre-backs, putting pressure on their, their midfield and, and making them turn over the ball so we can punish them.
0: You had some battles as a player with New Zealand, aren't I? I think you scored six times against them during your Socceroos days. Did you have some battles with Ricky Herbert, I seem to remember, or is that uh, a different era? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. No, no, I had plenty with Ricky. It was who to see who could kick each other first. <laughs> and I think... Uh,
0: Okay, Uh, just just one more before uh, we let you go, on. on a slightly more serious note. You've spoken out again uh, this week, uh, strangely enough, 24 hours after Ange Bossakoglu, who you invited into camp along with Hus Hitting, which I thought was a marvellous gesture. Mm. And I'm sure the players appreciated it. And both of you have spoken out again about the lack of funding for the game in this country. Are you in any way confident that people will listen? I mean, surely... You know, when when Australia play England at Wembley and on the back of a FIFA Women's World Cup, you'd think now is the time, if ever.
1: Yeah, look, Simon, I, I didn't bring up the subject. I was at a press conference. You were and asked. Yeah. came out and, <laughs> yeah, and I was asked. Um, but you know, the I have to say, the English media and and people here were gobsmacked that we don't have a home of football. They couldn't believe it. Mm. They they thought I was taking the you know taking the Mickey. They just. Well, like uh, you know, afterwards they said, "Are you serious? You don't have a home of football?" I said, "No." I said, "We're the highest participants, but we got nothing." And they, they they were they couldn't believe that we train on rugby league fields, <clears throat> and and things like that. And uh, you know, as I said publicly, and I have said it straight after the World Cup, you know, if 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 we want to help kids fulfil their dreams, you know, we need a culture, we need a home, we need you know we we need a culture of uh, for the game. And uh, you know, even coaches, coaches have to pay extraordinary money to get their coaching licences because you know they've got to go and hire fields. You know, the the, uh, Football Australia Coaches Coaches Association have to go and hire fields for for coaches to get their badges. It's it's just crazy. Instead of having something. Where the kids can come in and they can be inspired, and talent identification, uh, tournaments, and things like that. But uh, <clears throat> as I said, you know, there's probably been more things on the plate for Anthony Albanese over the last uh, number of months. And uh, as I said, he, when he comes, he loves coming to the games. So does all the, all the premiers of each state. They love coming to the games, they love putting a scarf on their neck, and they love being seen with the players and all that. But as soon as that's over, they, they take the scarf home, they throw it away, and it's all forgotten.
0: Yep, it's a never-ending battle, Arnie. Uh, a bit like Australia against New Zealand, which uh, we're very much looking forward to in the wee small hours of Wednesday morning from London. Uh, good luck, Arnie. Wish the players all the best uh, from us and uh, bring that trophy home, although it's a replica. Um, bring it home for the first time in 69 oh, well. years.
1: We will, guys, and thanks very much. And, Broski, sorry to get my voice back, mate. <laughs> <laughs> mate, could have done with you losing it
2: uh, every now and then when you were with us. Good on you, Honey. <laughs> Good luck, mate.
1: Thanks for your time. Okay, guys. Cheers. Take care. Bye.